Hi folks, um, I hope you're well. Welcome along to Soundtracking with me, Edith Bowman, my weekly dive into the beautiful relationship between film and music, something I absolutely adore doing every week and just the opportunity to bring you a different conversation every week just is thrilling. So welcome. Now we've got a very special bonus episode of Soundtracking for you today as Matthew Vaughan, Lauren Balfe, Giles Martin, Gary Barlow and Stuart Price join me to discuss the music of Argyle. Just to give you a little bit of background to some of those names if you're not familiar with them. Matthew Vaughan, obviously director, writer, producer extraordinaire. Uh, Lauren Balfe, if you're a regular to the podcast, you'll know that Lauren's been on several times. Probably most recently with Christopher McQuarrie talking about his amazing work on the Mission film. Giles Martin is the son of Sir George Martin and continues that legacy of being in the world of music and producing. He was very much behind the new Beatles track that was released um, a couple of months ago. So completely embedded in that world that he grew up in, I imagine. Gary Barlow needs no introduction. He is, of course, uh, Mr. Take That, Mr. Music. Uh, And Stuart Price. Now, Stuart is someone that Bizarrely, I have known for over 20 years and I was introduced to Stuart through his previous, I guess, life as Le Rhythm Digital. From that, he kind of went really deep into producing. He worked with Madonna um, and he still continues to work with Madonna amongst many, many other people. The story of how he came into this project on Argyle will become apparent throughout the conversation. Now, as you'll hear, each made very specific contributions to the film, but channeled the spirit of collaboration to provide score, original songs and that new Beatles track. All to be discussed. But we'll begin with a cue of Lawrence, the brilliantly titled... Careless Whisker. So here we are in London town, post premiere of Argyle. I'm not going to lie, there's a few delicate individuals in the room. I'm not naming names, but it's so wonderful to have this collective, creative collective, to talk about the music and the connection with the story and the characters for this. Matthew, welcome to Soundtracking. Welcome back. Well, thank you for having me. Lauren, it's great to have you back. Thank you. You organised all this, by the way, so yeah, I appreciate well, I, it. It's actually an intervention. It's not an interview. Sorry, Gary. Oh, well. Gary Barlow, welcome. I know. It, this feels quite serious for me. We're usually <laughs> talking about, you know... It's music. Yeah, it's it easy. is music. Come on. Same, same subject. Giles, welcome back. It's lovely to have you back on the pod. Thank you very much. Nice to be with everyone. And Stuart. Hello, Edith. We have known each other about 25 years plus. Yes, and it feels haven't... like nothing. It's just <laughs> yeah. the beginning. But it's so great to get the chance to talk to you about, about this film and your involvement in it and stuff. So... I'm going to start with you though, Matthew, because music's always been a huge part of your storytelling and your filmmaking. When you were writing this crazy, brilliant, entertaining piece of work, is music around you whilst you're writing? I literally listen to music when I write. I can't write without music. So for this particular character, thematic film, what were you, do you create playlists or do you just kind of randomly, you know, have things on or just go to things as to what's kind of jumping out at you? I literally listened to Disco, Flashdance, the soundtrack. Yes! Every Giorgio Moroder track. I feel love. Help me out, boys. 
Sylvester. Um, mm. Sylvester. I knew there was something there. Yeah. And the one we use, which I can't remember what it is. What did we use? What did we use? Sylvester. What was the Sylvester? Do you want to funk? Mm. Do you want to funk? the basis of so much of the th- theme or the kind of tone of the film in a way disco music is fun full stop the movie is fun i hope and then i have um this character next to me to give it an emotion and truth these three are more about fun as well i suppose <laughs> <laughs> yeah the boring one is on my left <laughs> yeah. the, oh, the fun is there <laughs> when you have that framework though of that kind of world i get of disco and funk mm. as one side of the sonic kind of landscape of the film and you're coming in with with your wonderful score and there is so much beautiful score in this film as well where do you start co-written with Matthew (laughs) he wrote we we both wrote the main theme did you yeah three and a half years ago we started I I was at Abbey Road doing a session and there was a piano and he he was at home and he wrote the verse and I wrote, wrote the chorus that's the main thing. I hardly yeah. wrote it. I sort of just played it with my one little finger. Went ding, 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 dong, ding, ding. And then he... You're getting it. royalties. It counts. Am I? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's very kind of you to say. <laughs> but it was more him than me. slightly false premise with the storyline in the film in terms of, I don't want to give anything away for people who haven't seen it and stuff but we start kind of in one narrative and then it kind of develops into something else so in a way were you having to kind of create two musical worlds around the score for that in a way or not I think we, there's a lot of factors mm-hmm. I think I think we've got new songs there's old songs the score had to kind of connect to that you know we've got a Beatles song uh, you know, and that's a new that, Beatles song. Yeah, that became school. Also, that needed to kind of start triggering emotions and things. And I think that it's all generally just about trying to kind of help the audience connect to the the, the characters. There's a lot of music. I was listening to the soundtrack today, kind of coming in as well, mm. and it's kind of it's 
it's, it is like a kind of like storybook in your in your ears in a, in a way in terms of how you've kind of shaped that mm. because it's big as well you know in terms of like it's it's got a big old kind of ego there the music in a way that it's kind of like almost like kind of like that disco sort of show offy kind of yeah. thing I think too. And, I, and I mean that in a really good positive way and egos are good it dazzles it? yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah absolutely <clears throat> it's a big disco ball is that yeah. heaven for you in terms of kind of the scale of it uh, yeah look I think it's difficult talking about these things when the director's sitting next to you. But he's asleep. It's fine. Uh, Matty, <laughs> yeah, no, I is. think, as we all know, Matty's got great taste with music, and he loves themes. So it makes it really enjoyable to be able to kind of have themes because sometimes you just, you're not allowed them. They don't want them because it's distracting. They find themes distracting. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say who. <laughs> Can I guess? I'm not going to answer. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, but sometimes, no, because they find it distracting. So they just want, like, background music. Mm-hmm. And and then, yeah, yeah, and then it turns, you know, the fixed notes come in, it'll be like, you see that thing on top? And you go, oh, yeah, the, the thing, take that off. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah. But you have this wonderful motif that kind of is beautifully kind of scattered throughout the entire film and it comes back in almost kind of the disguise in different ways and shapes and forms sort of thing. What does that do for you in terms of like when you have that kind of almost foundation of something that you can kind of jump off and work from? It's about the reason why I got into movies where there was an immediate reaction when watching it. You could sonically connect to those characters. You know, I got into movies because of Jerry Bruckheimer, Michael Bay, those those movies, yeah. Back do to they, the Future. Do they like themes? Yeah, of course. Yes. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> He's really Jeff. trying to find out. No, 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 no. Podcast. Anyway, this is another. Uh, but so um, I'm waking up. But, so but, but, Coca-Cola um, and the coffee's coming, yeah, yeah, coming yeah. through. But um, no, and and it's just that I think a lot of film composers have come from jingle writing. Most of the ones I know have. And that's where I start. And you just, you know, it's about trying to get something quick and immediate. They're, they all call it an earworm. Mm-hmm. But, I, but you know, we call it a hook. And, yeah. and I think, that, you know, Matthew kind of... Do people write jingles anymore? Yeah, yeah, yes, there's all... Oh, sing a jingle. Uh, um, what jingles do we know? Moonpig.com. Oh, my God, yeah. Very good. Did you do the same one? Was that... Was that no, that was Moonpig. I did... Was it McDonald's, that? I'm loving yeah. it. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Yeah. Is that your inspiration for Christmas sweater? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, you right. found me out. Yeah. <laughs> Too late, it's out now. Yeah. yeah but it's like, it's like that. Or, t, you know, Paddington, Paddington. Oh, <laughs> oh, no, no, right. no, but it's. No, from the 70s and 80s, yeah. like, well, we could be here all day long. Yeah. But, oh, God, you know, yeah. but. No, but it, it, it's just about, you know, th- these guys are uh, masters that, let's call it record creation yeah. and production things. And, and, we got to kind of connect film schools the same way, where you have something you can grab onto quickly. Did you have any reference points in terms of the way that music, the relationship between music and film particularly works, that you wanted to try and kind of have a similar vibe to? Yeah, for me, it was Giorgio Moroder. I think he was a master of themes and then the themes becoming a pop song and together, and that's where these boys come in. And um, mm. and I think we did it in reverse on this movie with... Um, with now and then, because I mean, I, my favourite piece of music is actually the orchestration of it. Agreed. I mean, when that comes up, I, I, just, I just grin. Mm-hmm. It actually, you know, I, I think it's a beautiful piece of music.
how did that come about then? Because that's a really new piece of music in terms of, as the world, we we only got to hear that, what, a few months back, really. But this is, you know, the, the film's being made for, what, three years. Mm. So, I mean, I, I'm assuming you have insider <laughs> opportunities there, Giles, in terms of speaking I, to Matthew yeah, about it. Yeah, I suppose it. I have insider opportunities, yeah, yeah. Uh, with that, because <laughs> we actually made the track year before last. Wow. Yeah. So, and Matthew and I have been friends for a long time, since school. Yeah. No way! <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. And, uh, we, you know, he just called me and I, we were just, we were just sitting and looking at bits of the film and I said, well, listen, there's, there's this song and, uh, and then played it to Matthew and then, and it, 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 you know, it worked. It worked for that, for that, you know, for the, for that narrative. And it, and it, it it's that, it's that thing where you, happy accidents, are great and that was a sort of happy accent that the motif of that song mm-hmm. you know works really well and then Lorne's orchestration is majestic at the end and and there's a level of collaboration it just in the fit and we you know we went you know and did the rounds with with Paul and with Ringo and you yeah. know with Yoko and Sean and Danny and Olivia and said you know this is it's just different it's a different thing it's not mm-hmm. like you know and so and so that's how that that piece of music ended up in the film wow how is it for you then because you kind of pretty much worked Orchestrate the Beatles. <clears throat> well, yeah, we're not crossing those paths. But no, we, we were just talking about that earlier today. Because when we were recording it, we couldn't tell anybody what it was. Of course, yeah. So, so when we were, the, I think the choir, was so, one of the lunch breaks, everybody was singing the song. And uh, and I, I I heard somebody say, Lauren's actually quite good. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd have to intervene here and just go, well, actually, it's not mine. But no, you know, we, that nobody knew that um, when mean, we were recording. When we it, did, it was... yeah, when we did the uh, did the string arrangement for the song originally, and we could we did the session without anyone knowing mm. that that's what it was. It's in the film. It's beautiful. That little film that came with the yeah, release. Yeah. Oh song, yes, that's yeah. just. I mean, yeah. oh god. Bawling my eyes out. It's such an emo- emotional piece of film to see that actually, in kind of yeah, the yeah. love that's behind it. It's also just, I think, it's the fact that it's uh, her song. It's as if it was just created for her. Mm. I think, it's, uh, you know, it was it was so fortunate that these two. Uh, I, you I know, didn't even have to recut the film for it. That's what was astonishing when you when you gave it to me and. I never know when Giles is being serious or not either, because when he said I have a new Beatles track, I was like, "Yeah, sure." But, uh, yeah, and 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 it was. There's been times on films where I've been serious, and he thinks I'm joking. Yeah, and it's like, and and, and it's and the, and the jokes actually made the film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kingsman Two was a, uh, was a that was brilliant. Yeah, that was a, well, that was a very brilliant tip. He it was German cowboy music. Yeah, German cowboy music yeah. for sure. Yeah, that was it. Was very funny. It was like Are you serious? Spotify playlist there. No <laughs> yeah, idea. yeah. yeah. Called Boss Hog. Yeah, Boss Hog doing Boss uh, Hog. doing Word Up by Cameo. Word up, Cameo. Oh, yeah. Boss Hog from Starsky and Hutch. No, no. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. No, that, a, yeah there's a band called Boss Hog, and they do sort of Boss redneck Hog. versions of pop songs. Jukes of Hazard. Jukes of Hazard. Yeah, that confused me. Yeah. So your brain was working like. But the great, yeah. but the, but the great yeah. thing about Matthew is a creator. He's completely utterly open-minded to to anything. Mm-hmm. It means that he spent a lot of time doing, you lots know, trying everything, really doing lots of stuff, doing lots of things. But it's that. And that's what you need as a, you know, for all of us here. It's what, it's what inspires us is to be, you know, all of us get on. And it's just that no one's, no one's wrong until Matthew tells you, tells us, tells us we are. And that's the way it works, really. And that's, and that takes a while. I, I think also, uh, this is a bit like, this is your life. Um, I think it's about, you know, connecting people. I think Matthew's got a great skill in that. And I think with, um, 
with with us. Every, every excluding myself, everybody's got great taste. Mm. But um, we've all kind of become friends out of this project because everybody's contributed to it. Yeah, but, you know, um, everyone's got a different sort of like spe- specialist area, almost in a way, in terms of that amalgamation of the whole thing has just been. Which will be a great segment. No one's spoken to you yet. I'm about Gary, to speak I'm to Gary Armstrong. He's building up for it. Great yeah. warm up, though. Yeah. 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 If, we were, yeah. if we were X Men, yeah. what would Gary be? <laughs> Thank, I'm just going to put my mic in. Thanks for the build up, everyone. This is not your first rodeo with Matthew, yeah. though. So, you know, in terms of what's the appeal no. to, to come back and work with him again? And how was it presented to you? Well, do you know what? We first, the first movie I worked with, um, Matthew on was Stardust. And I remember that, that he, oh, yeah. he called us to say, Oh, listen, guys, I'm going to, I'm going to screen them. I'd love you to write a song. I'm going to screen the movie for you. And, uh, we had never done anything like this before. But the one thing I remember saying in the car is, Guys, we should go today because I'm telling you now, if he's asked us, he's asked five other people. And we got to the cinema. And that's and it was not like, true. Just, you know, I seriously I n- actually did. I never found anyone else you had asked. No, I had, so no, no, I was because no, I loved, is it Patience? Yes, it and I went, just come out. Yeah, and I heard that and I said, I need that emotion in a pop, poppy way right. for the end of the film. Well, we, we went to see it on, Go- on Golden Square. We loved the movie and we all were buzzing when we came out. We literally went to, round to my house in Kensington and I think we called you about eight o'clock in the evening. Yeah, I came, yeah, I came over and I thought, I, again, I thought you guys had just had a song yeah. that you didn't know what to do with. No, no, we'd say, written it. We'll press play on that one. We'd written Rule the World yeah. that day. Yeah. And, 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 and then he jumped on his phone and, um, and you called the uh, lady who'd written the, the book. For it, um, oh, Jane Goldman, Jane, yes. and she came over. It was, yeah. not, it was now eight thirty, wow. and it had all happened that day. Yeah. Um, unbelievable! And then, so- and then he phoned Steps and said, "You're not." <laughs> 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 you light the skies up above me. A star so bright you blind me yeah. don't close your great i felt like a lucky star we were just instinctual that yeah. day because because i mean this is probably the point for me answering your question is that a lot a lot of my friends who are songwriters have had always said don't do film the directors never know what they're talking about they're asking mm-hmm. for something green rather than yellow and i thought i can't be bothered with that mm-hmm. but the, the difference is with matthew is he does know music and it makes it easier when someone's specific in what they want that's easy then or what they don't want, they, then then all of a sudden the job's ten times easier. Um, so that's what 
has kept me coming back uh, and being asked back is, is nice also but it's always always very enjoyable and it's always with great people and the movies are always brilliant so what was the ask for Argyle then so Argyle was um I think you'd done some music already you had the Barry White opening I saw some of the pictures and Matthew was basically saying I want something that sounds like what a feeling so superbly pop disco great sort of not fast but not too slow either sort of mid-tempo and strangely it came quite late for us after that it was another year well, or was when two you picked up the um i think it was a guitar <laughs> um ladies and gentlemen mr Stuart price last but by no means least you, remember, you, started, you started doing that riff and then he started singing and and i was just like and it was our chords yes and and then I was like, wow! And it made me all I know. I, I just was a smart guy. I was astonished that he could play. I don't know why I thought you were a guy that just pressed buttons. No, well I also do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Matthew! Yeah, well, I know. I found out he's a genius. But I somehow I just thought someone told me you were the best electronic producer. So then you think. So were you already on the project then, Stuart? No, no. So that so, was by so, default. That was because so, of Gary and you guys being next to each mm -hmm. other. Yeah, I mean, I came into it because obviously Gary and I have known each other for a long time because we'd worked together, mm -hmm. but we'd never done any projects outside of Take That. Yeah. So, so we sort of already had a shorthand together, and then Gary said, let me introduce you to Matthew. He's working on this film. They need a, an idea for it, but come, come listen to it. Come see it. And so the thing is, with the moment of creation, it normally happens really quickly, but it never happens if there's no vision. And Matthew's someone that's just got that in, you know, by the bag load. And so you need that because you all need to form this sort of connected uh, kind of hive mind idea to be able to see it through. Now, Matthew is someone that never runs out of ideas. So you try lots of versions of things along the way. But for electric energy, we had this one sort of um, trick, really, ace up our sleeve, which was that there's a, an actress in the film, Ariana, who's a phenomenal singer. Voice mm -hmm. is yeah. And so I think yeah. in all our minds all this time, there was this idea, there's this, there's, this, there's this person from the film who's going to be able to deliver a record that really stands up to, I think, the standards of the film as well. So when we talk about that moment of creation happening quickly, it does because we're all feeling the same thing. So our approach to the song was very straightforward. There's this incredible theme. I heard the theme in the film, and I thought this just sounds already sounds like a disco record. And there are scenes in the film that use classic disco records as well. So the jigsaw puzzle is already starting to come together. We all met at the studio, and I think, just like your theme, it's one of the first ideas that came out was the basis for, for what became Electric Energy. And I think that, that really continued, because then Gary walked into the room and he says oh, what about this? And he just comes out with the melody for, for the chorus. So, so there's a sort of an automatic wow. nature to that in a way, but normally the greatest records do happen that way. You know, it sounds lazy to say, oh, we wrote this hit in 30 minutes. You mean you've been practicing for 20, 30 years, yeah. maybe 35, yeah. for up to that, to get to that yeah. point to be able to do it quickly. But that's really the story of electric energy. And then, and then that song goes on its own journey from there onwards because other people came in.
watched the video, I think, about 205 times. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's only got 206 views, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, like, it's so brilliant. We're doing our own version of oh, it. Yeah. Yes. After this. Much you better. absolutely should. There's mirror in there with lights around it. Let's do it. It's called senior energy. But, but yeah, but so Ariana's amazing. I mean, her voice is extraordinary. Just what, I mean, what a performance from... I mean, West Side Story was the thing that I was introduced to her and as Anita, and it was like, bloody hell, amazing. Mm. But then you've got Boy George in there as well. And also, Boy George singing in a way that's different to what we're used to hearing. I don't know, you know, yeah. getting older, his voice changes as it would naturally and stuff, but I love the depth of it. He's always had a really soulful voice, but there's something quite Barry White about it. Well, your, your, your best hope for any artist is that they can be themselves on a record. And so to do that, you've got to create the, the foundation for them to be able to do it. Yeah. And we all have to say, you know, Ariana, we met at um, Electric Lady Studios and she came in and she was just immediately, you know, felt the moment and just performed two, three takes, done. It was immediate. Same with George. He worked re- remotely, but I just think he understood it and he connected to it and he felt like he could be himself. And so when you talk about him sounding good on it, yeah, because he feels like he could, yeah. he feels like he could do it, um, and that's normally the secret. What's that feeling like, Gary, when someone else is singing something you've created as well? You know, in terms of they're, you know, they've, they're like you say they're making it. Ariana comes in and she's like a kind of hybrid of Irene Cara and Donna Summer sort of thing. That's Henry upstairs. Someone's <laughs> 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 having a lovely time. Anyway, the, but she kind of, you know, she's almost like this hybrid of these two classic disco singers sort of thing. Yeah. What is it like for you when you hear that thing that you've created, that you've oh, it's written? It's exciting. Uh, and also this, this has been one of those things where it's been past the baton. You know, when you're doing something specific, to, you know, end credits, part of a scene, you know, we there was there was an idea of a collective and it was basically passing the baton. You know, Ariana, George, Niall. It was like literally adding pieces to this. And it's it's been great. Yeah. Really, really good fun. How did Niall come into it then as well? Because we see him bopping away in the video. Uh, bizarre, because right at the beginning, also there was another reference was that was, you know, chic you know yeah. and um this is where it gets bizarre we have we didn't have a record company well we did have a record company but the record company wasn't interested in doing this right that's um, the opposite of lockstock then definitely is the opposite of lockstock now i've not realized the record business is sort of as defunct as the movie businesses <laughs> and that way of these executives who say they love music but they don't right and it's all that's just a fact it's all about streaming and uh tiktok at the moment and um my idea we have a well, I have a record label in theory was to you know use music in a movie, but the movie then sells the music and and it's a you know one and one is eleven. But the record company said they understood it, but they didn't, which is sort of you know I thought it was bizarre. Especially I thought it was a good song. You know, Ari- I was told Ariana's too old, and I was like, what? okay, and she, um, she sings from in a musical theatre style. I was like, well, you're an idiot. And um, so that was a pass, and then and, and then thank God for uh, Platoon. Is that the name? So Platoon um, is a uh, it's more of an independent, even though it's owned by Apple <laughs> um, record company. And they they heard it and went, "This is great." And by pure fluke, when they watched the movie, they brought Nile Rogers along without just to watch it. He wanted it, he he liked, and then and I was saying, "I wish Nile was on it," and then. He turned up to my office and he put himself on the on the on the um on the record. So 
I don't know. It's, it's, sometimes things are meant to be. And I hope it's a massive hit so I can just go, you know, we've done it with movies, proving these idiots wrong. Hopefully we'd get, make this, make the song work. And, uh, and as this is my views, not theirs, because they all need to work in the record industry. I don't. No, I mean, I mean, the common theme is, is that, you know, the most powerful records are made when you plant seeds in someone's mind. You don't tell them too literally. Yeah. And that your choice of people you work with will do that. So yeah. who features on your record? You can use that seed to, to grow the idea in someone's mind. And then when the record delivers on that idea, that's where the result sort of magnifies itself. Also, if you look at um, look, running, was it Kate Bush running up the hill? Yeah. And mm-hmm. now um, murder on the dance floor. Oh, yes. like, my kids are coming up to me saying, I've got a new song for you to hear. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I'm like, have you? And then they play Kate Bush. And, I, and they, they think it's new, fresh music because they haven't heard it before. Um, well, people and, feel that a little bit. And they don't have DJs energy. anymore. Well, you know, in the sense, I think DJs were so important for, for just introducing you to music and explaining it. And I feel that's missing. My example of that personally was when I was at Radio 1 and I remember going to fighting so hard for a record of the week, which was hard enough to get anyway, one song in a, in a, in a show, and going to them with a particular song and being told it's too retro, it's never going to do anything. And that was Amy Winehouse's Rehab. No. <laughs> yeah. No. And that was the music team at Radio 1 at the time were like, it's never going to do anything, it's too retro and stuff. And you're going, this is an amazing record. You have to kind of... And so it's kind of... But there's no better feeling... As to when it kind of just, it connects and it does something, you go, in your face. Yeah. <laughs> I love reading all those rejection letters that people keep. Oh, still got them. Tried oh, to I sign the label them. and got rejected, <laughs> rejected. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm still writing them. <laughs> but the thing, these different areas that we're talking, though, about within this one film, you know, the score, the new music, the existing music, they all... They all blend. They all kind of fit in this kind of sort of musical river that runs through this film. That's not an easy thing to do. Well, the, what was really fun is in the test screenings, the audience, you know, you ask, they talk about the music and all the questions were, what was that song that sounded like John Lennon singing? Um, and what was that? Who, who, what was that disco song? We, we recognize it, but we don't know what it is. And I had to, I wasn't allowed to answer it because. Giles made me keep a secret for a long time. <laughs> hmm. And even some, you know, one very famous um, music person, I won't say, when they heard this, they said, I know every disco track, and I played it to him. And he lit, you just saw him walking off and getting really freaked out that he didn't know it. But he, <laughs> so, but he thought it was original disco. Hmm. Really thought it. So that's where you guys were brilliant to wrap it up in such a, yeah. a genuine way. How have you done that? How have you captured, like the essence of like hearing Sylvester for the first time or hearing Donna Summer. What's in it? What's it what's the kind of creation of that? It's all feely. You've either got it or you haven't. <laughs> yeah. Gary. Gary. Oh, that's more you than me though. I mean you you pretty much, especially for electric energy, you had the music down, we turned up and you you were you'd just finished sort of programming the beats and the, the chords and you played the bass on it and so um, you play the bass. The great <laughs> bass player. So good. Yeah. So I just remember though we kept it turned into t- a lot of talking started. Where we, I think I don't know what we were talking about. Some knobs or something. And then Gary's <laughs> like desperate to get out of that room because you wanted to go and write. Yeah. He was like, okay, I'm off. 
Yeah. What oh, is that? No, he meant to, we we were geeking out about all his equipment. That's what I think. It's like a museum studio. Uh, yeah. Stuart's <laughs> studio is. It's great to hang. Um, but we had the chorus, and I wanted to go and finish it. I was like, I can get this done today. Yeah. So I, I scooted off down to my studio, finished the lyric off, and I think we were we were in business by that night. You know, so my- Gary, one question: What has been the longest song for you to write? Oh, I've got songs that have gone on for like fifteen. Yeah, I've 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 dug up songs. Fifteen years? No, how no years? No, fifteen years before you finished it. Yeah, wow. yeah, well, yeah. Which one? Uh, Open road. I wrote it in nineteen eighty four, and I think it was released oh, in nineteen ninety six. And it wasn't no, too much different. Thing to actually be able to write it. Yeah, I hadn't finished it though. I hadn't finished yeah, it. yeah, and I can I do that a lot. Go back to old ideas and refresh them, and because wow. um, I log everything. I'm very organised. Most he's the most organised man on the planet. <laughs> the labelling sometimes on those MP3s. Yeah, uh, I when still you, have cassettes with songs yeah. on labelled. Wow. Yeah. When you say you kind of need to go and finish it, what does that look like? Is it you sat down at a piano with a notepad, or are you? What's that kind of like? You're yeah, holding piano. in on that zone. If it's if it's um, melody or lyric, I'll sit at a piano. Yeah, that's the best place. Um, can I congratulate Lauren as well, as well as the wonderful score and everything else in this film, but the names of some of the cues. Yeah, they're perfect, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what they are. Oh, I mean, they're cat-related. Oh, they're not. Oh, <laughs> oh very <laughs> perfect. I love that this is the news. I'll right say it again, now. they're perfect. I, I got it the last time. <laughs> It's funny last night. So we so last night we were all together and 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 Lauren Lauren's like Ronnie Corbett. <laughs> like, here's, here's the funny thing. Last night we were all together and my, I brought my daughter to the premiere and she said in the cab she goes, "God, Lauren's great, isn't he?" And yeah, he's lovely. He's, you know, we've become really good friends. She goes, "He's like a big cat." <laughs> so it's funny that that's that runs I'm trying through. To think. Yeah, exactly. Lifting exactly. My leg up. Exactly. Yeah, no, you were you were scratching yourself quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like they can have a bit of fun with that though, with the with the titles of the, the cues and things as well. It's good. Yeah, the, the, uh, the yeah, the one we really liked collectively was no, no, never mind. Okay. No, no. Um, what do you mean collectively? None of us. I don't know it. Did you know this? <laughs> it's it's, it's per, per, per yeah, personality yeah. collectively. Yeah. It's, it's, it's careless whiskers. Careless whiskers. Yeah, no, um, sorry, I know. Oh, I, well, I had to think about saying that, but. But one of the cues in particular, I just wanted to talk about for a second, if that's all right, because it would take us days because there's so much music. But um, do you think I'm okay? I think is a is a fantastic cue. Just the journey that that whole one cue kind of goes How on. Which cue is that? Don't think I'm but okay. It starts off so simple, and then you kind of by the end you're getting that that motif that cue yeah. comes. You know, in. the fact you said journey, I think sums up uh, how Matthew looks at cues. Okay. Uh, you know, the writing process of it. He's always. Oh, what scene is it? I need. Some what? Idea. What? Driving scene. Oh, is that why you're doing that? I thought it was a journey. I, I, you, I thought you were miming journey. Look at me. Yeah. I was like, bloody <laughs> Charles has gone. Yeah. Um, I thought, I don't have a driving license, though. I don't. Okay. <laughs> um, What's the driving scene? There's if you're three. a film. I know, but, I know, but there's, 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 there's <laughs> Oh, this is the one when she realises, she, well, she doesn't realise anything, but is having a bit of a breakdown. Yeah. About, okay, crying. Okay, All the way to France. All right. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Thank yes. you, Charles. Yes. There's a good example. That that cue got written but she says multiple that. times. She does say that line in the scene. That have you seen the film? <laughs> yeah. That wow. um, no, you know, I think uh, I think Matthew does it's think about cue. these things as, as journeys. Mm-hmm. Mm. He talks about the, you know you. 
it's always very interesting because when you it's like you know five minute cue you play it for the first time and uh, then he you know he can pinpoint every single point uh, and and it is about this flow about storytelling yeah I, it, but it does help that he's musical yeah you know I, mean, I can hear music um, I feel music I'm actually colorblind as well so so when I when I um I I, I can feel color and I can really hear music and on an emotional level mm-hmm. and i'm i and there's times when you know i feel like they, they've either put the brakes on or they've accelerated too much on an emotional level and i just say so i just i need to do this and that during a queue and then they go off and fix it and are you how much of it is to performance as well because in this film particularly the cast are exceptional and they really i mean sam rockwell i could i could just watch I was about to say sleep, but that's just a bit creepy. But yeah. he's just, he's amazing. Brian, I mean, they're all just fantastic. Bryce as well, what a, just gives her the yeah. opportunity to show something we've never seen her being given the opportunity to do before. Is the, are the performances inspiring? The whole concept of Bryce, I think, is, is the kind of the, where you get the inspiration from for these themes, yeah. I think. It's weird, you kind of, now, because I've got a daughter, I kind of think, I think differently about I want her to be able to watch films. I, you know, I want the kind of not role models, but films that she can go, oh, this is great. Yeah. So I think that that's been a good experience, kind of working that. Um, I've got to mention the video, um, which I said I'd watched a lot this morning. Um, to have the cast kind of um, really get into it is is great. I mean, they're all kind of definitely embracing their disco chops and that. It's so beautiful to see. But um, but they did they were dancing to the song, were they? Yes. Yeah, because I love how everyone's, they all have their own interpretation of it. Mm-hmm. You it's know, infectious, inter- isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's so infectious. You should, when you see, I mean, you see Brian, it's just, you oh, can't he's not, great. you yeah. can't, you can't <laughs> yeah. not have a good time seeing yeah. that. Yeah, John Cena's. Yeah. Like it's, it's so no, good. They, they were great. Are there going to be more? I mean, that's kind of the weirdly they sort of end of the film as well in terms of the. I would like to make more, but that's up to the uh, audience if they buy tickets. We'll make another one. So hopefully, please buy tickets. Nothing else, so we can have more disco as well. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. You can never have too much disco. Never. <laughs> um, thank you so much for your time today. It's generally been a, a lovely opportunity to to have a kind of sweep of all these different wonderful creative inputs to the music on the film. Thank you so much for your time. Cheers. Thank, thank, you. thank you very thank much. You. Thank you.
as discussed during our chat, that's Do You Think I'm Okay? by Lauren Balfe, rounding off this Argyle special. My huge thanks to Matthew, Lauren, Giles, Gary and Stuart and also I've got to say for Lauren's team behind the scenes who've been fantastic and to all our guests for taking the time to talk to me. Argyle is on general release now and really is as much fun as a night dancing to disco. Just go in there, leave all your expectations at the door and go with it and just have a laugh. If you want to hear my previous chats with Lauren and Giles, head to edithbowman.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on our socials at Soundtracking UK and you can watch this conversation amongst many others uh, on our YouTube channel. We're at Soundtracking Extra. Today, I'm just going to throw this in. I'm off to revisit June 1, uh, which is on at the cinemas again. If you're a fan and you're excited about June 2, which I've seen, uh, then you want to get back in there and just remind yourself of the amazing world that Denis Villeneuve has brought to life. So I'm going along to see that this weekend with the kids uh, ahead of taking them to see the second film for a second viewing for me. I'm not supposed to tell anyone I've seen it. Anyway, we're very much hoping that we have Denis and Han coming up on future episodes. But again, let's not jinx that. Uh, next up, however, on this podcast someone pinched me because I can't believe I'm saying this I might cry again I'll be joined by Martin Scorsese to discuss Killers of the Flower Moon and so much more I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then oh set me off again 